You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Derek Jeter! This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a Thursday edition of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. I'm Adam Weinerb alongside Thomas Carinante. And just after we signed off on Monday, Tuesday afternoon, the Yankees re-signed, say it with me, Anthony Rejo. Like uh, A-Rod loves to say on Sunday Night Baseball for whatever reason. Uh, the New York Yankees offseason started with a bang out of nowhere. I think safely out of nowhere. Who could have possibly called that an Anthony Rizzo signing would maybe be a stepping stone to the Aaron Judge edition and would come first? Oh, I did. I said that on the last podcast. Um, But the Rizzo deal still, I think, shocked a lot of people who thought they might work out a multi-year deal ahead of the qualifying offer instead of him rejecting it outright. Then he rejected it outright, and then he just came right back anyway. So we'll talk about the implications there and what it maybe means for Aaron Judge. Does not mean anything for Aaron Judge? Did Rizzo tell you anything in his post-signing press conference on Wednesday? Wednesday, Wednesday. It would Wednesday. make you more enthusiastic. Wednesday, Wednesday, the day. Um, and uh, he's he's back, and and he did reveal a little bit about maybe what was going on in that clubhouse. That was maybe not what was reported. It's it's worth examining. But tonight's the night for Aaron Judge not to resign, but to be a part of an MLB investigation. Sadly, true, and also. To potentially win the AL MVP. We'll know more about that tonight. Shohei Otani and Jordan Alvarez, the other two nominees. But after a seven and a half hour reveal ceremony special, we will learn tonight whether or not Aaron Judge has won the AL MVP. Plus, the Rule 5 draft is nearly upon us after the deadline passed to protect prospects and other players on the 40-man roster. The Yankees didn't do much. What did they do? And uh, who's at risk? Plus, tomorrow... <laughs> the non-tender deadline. Who might the Yankees cut loose or trade before that all-important deadline deciding which players to tender a contract to? I don't think the Yankees are going to tender a contract to all of their eligible players. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, drop us those five-star reviews. Mailbag questions. We'll be more than happy to answer and pop those mailbag questions in your reviews. Uh, It's as easy as pie. That's how we'll see them. This is uh, going to be a seven and a half hour podcast, just like the MLB selection show. 
Hope you're ready. Thomas Carinante, welcome on in. Uh, the Yankees actually made a high-profile move just before free agency even really started, and it was somebody who was rumored to leave, to go to the Padres, to take advantage, or maybe just grab that qualifying offer, take advantage of a year without the shift, and see what that could do to his batting average. Uh, a lot of people said maybe, hey, you know, maybe he comes back to the Yankees for just one year, then hits 285, and then bolts for a peak Rizzo deal. Nope, he's back. Anthony Rizzo's a Yankee for two years. There is a team option for a third, not even a player option. The Yankees can't get stuck with anything. They could either decide to maintain their relationship with a player who's working out, or they could cut bait for a $6 million buyout. All told, the guarantees equate to two years and $40 million. Anthony Rizzo will be the Yankees' first baseman for the next two years. And when asked why, he said, I love being a Yankee. So I guess the entire team didn't turn on the fans and decide to mutiny after all. Yeah, more overblown crap. Um, I think the trade-off here with Rizzo and the club option was him being guaranteed the $20 million AAV. Um, he got 16 last year. Um, you've seen a lot of discourse on social media, all the uh, Cubs fans who – um, where I guess upset that he rejected the five-year $70 million offer, where they're like, well, he's going to end up getting the same when all is said and done. It's like, yeah, and he won't be on a dog shit team that thinks Marcus Stroman as their marquee uh, off-season signing last year is going to be the answer. Um, the Cubs are pretty much directionless. Um, you don't know what's going to happen with them this off-season. Obviously, they're in the running for a lot of these high-profile names, but – are they going to keep Ian Happ? Is he in the long-term picture? They just release Jason Hayward, which mm-hmm. probably it's just pro- it's weird feelings around around that team. Um, but like I, we can't release Aaron Hicks, and they release Jason Hayward yeah. twenty-two million dollars yeah. like that, and they're the Cubs. I mean, yeah. that's kind of wild. Yeah, no, I was yeah I was uh, referencing that with the Blue Jays too. The Blue Jays released Rymel Tapia, which obviously is a lesser uh, is a move of lesser magnitude. Um, they traded Teoscar Hernandez, a move of lesser magnitude. Um, but these teams are willing to cut bait on players they don't fucking like or they don't think are good, and the Yankees don't do that. So they don't personally like them. They just say Rymel Tapia, that guy just sucks. He loves to eat the shrimp cocktail and the games. He's just like a he keeps he keeps trying to stay in separate hotels, charging a bunch of bags of chips to the Blue Jays corporate account. Like you gotta get rid of that guy. The willingness for other teams to do it again is where is where we, you and I, are baffled because Us. the Yankees have the financial might to do it. They don't do it. The Cubs, who have been crying about money for the last few years, they started their brand new fancy television network. Um, they made renovations to Wrigley Field. Um, the Ricketts were complaining about money the entire time. They cut. Bait. I think Jason Haber was making like twenty five million or something this year. I think it's twenty two that they just. Straight yeah, up decided we are not going to – we'll pay it for nothing. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Rizzo back. I think the once again the trade-off was the club option for that third year in exchange for the two years um, uh, at $20 million AAV. Um, and that sets the table, right? You called it. I was wrong. Um, I thought that there was no reason for Rizzo to come back if Judge didn't come back. Um, apparently, Rizzo likes walking his dog in Central Park more than I ever could have imagined. So props to Yankees Twitter – uh, for getting that on the radar and proving me wrong. I like being wrong because I like Central Park too, one of my favorite places ever. Um, so you got Rizzo back. It obviously helps Judge. You got Hal Stein. Uh, it helps the case with Judge. You have Hal Steinbrenner talking about they have the resources to sign Judge. 
They will not be outbid for Judge. And then there's been conversations with Judge about upgrading the roster around him and kind of an, uh, an illusion to not restricting the finances should Judge actually return. So now Rizzo's on the books. That puts the Yankees at, it says, oh, you know what? This actually this actually makes sense now. So Rizzo only adds a million dollars to the payroll for this year because he was technically on the books for 16. So this helps the Yankees because they're technically, they're technically not adding, adding to the payroll. They're only adding a little bit. So they subtract, you subtract the 60 million, you add the 17 million. They're at 215 million right now for the guaranteed payroll, assuming everybody gets tendered a contract, which we will get to in a moment. Um, But in terms of the vibes, um, in terms of the overall uh, hierarchy and structure, um, on the Yankees, bringing back Rizzo was essential. Uh, fans wanted him back. Um, he gets timely hits. Uh, he plays solid defense. He hits home runs. Uh, he has a greater, he has a very higher above average park adjusted OPS. Um, and especially when you're playing in Yankee stadium, that means a lot when you're hitting in the one, you know, one thirty OPS plus, that means you're, you're doing a pretty good job, um, elsewhere. So, uh, all the factors here considered bringing Rizzo back was absolutely essential. I think it does uh, clue Aaron judge into the fact that, Hey, we're going to run it back and build a little bit more. Then again, where I'm kind of stumped is what is the more I don't, we have talked previously. We don't really like many other free agents outside of a couple of the pitchers um, is Brandon Nimmo what you want, but you also have Harrison Bader. So it doesn't seem like that's going to be an option. Um, Probably not doing one of the high-profile shortstops, especially because Hal Steinbrenner gave a vote of confidence for a Volpe Peraza middle infield moving forward. Um, I don't know. Uh, apparently, the Yankees have, quote, checked in on all these guys. That doesn't mean anything. I think they're checking in in the event of an emergency where Judge were to wake up one day, sign a contract with somebody else, and not tell the Yankees. And then the Yankees are like, fuck, well, now we need to figure it out. I don't think that that happens it's merely Brian Cashman trying to gauge the market to see maybe he can get somebody cheaper than expected. Maybe he can get one of the higher profile shortstop a little bit cheaper and then maybe use Peraza as trade bait or Cabrera as I don't know, just saying. Um, but yeah, I don't know what these extra upgrades would look like. I don't know if that means the trade market. So um, can't complain where we're at now. Yankees made a move early. We always complain they don't make a move early. They did it. Now we have the not non-tender deadline coming up tomorrow, which I think will provide a little bit more clarity in terms of what the roster might look like, as well as the payroll. Some of these guys are owed a lot of money. Some of them might not be here. Yeah, I hate to say it. I I don't know. I, I feel like I've never heard Hal Steinbrenner this confident before in saying yeah. that we will go, like, I've made it clear to judge that we'll go above and beyond, that, like, we're not finished. I have room to do this Rizzo thing. I have room to do his stuff and knock it out bid by the way, which he also said, and I have room to do more. I just wonder if the more is next year. Because you've certainly got, if you if you re-sign Judge, you have him long-term. Yeah. Rizzo's here next year as well. There's no more looming opt-out. He's guaranteed to be here for 2024, if not 2025. Uh, so you sort of wonder if it's either uh, we will add high-profile free agents next year if we deem that this core with a full year of Peraza, Oswaldo Cabrera, Volpe coming up at some point is not good enough. Or if it's saying we'll do 
uh, Yoshida or Benintendi in left field, if that's the more. I don't know. I'm kind of torn because, I, like you said, I don't see them going after Trey Turner, who is a perfect fit, but only if you don't believe in these shortstops or, or all these. There's a lot of infielders to deal with. Like you also a lot of people saying positions. Yeah, and a lot of people saying, well, you could just move Trey Turner off shortstop when necessary. Can you? He plays a bad center field. And he hasn't done it in five years. So, like, I don't know. You could move anybody anywhere, but, like, why would you? Then Carlos Correa, great player, swag for days, championship mentality, huge asshole. Like, if they didn't do it last year, why would they do it this year? And uh, Dansby Swanson makes very little sense for this team. Xander Bogarts would be fun as hell. But uh, if I'm going to – I can't in good conscience get on the podcast and say we should immediately bring in Xander Bogarts for big money – if I'm writing on the site every day saying like, hey, regression seems nigh for Xander Bogarts, like the exit velocity, bad, everything trending down. So I'm not going to say like, and the Yankees should steal him from the Red Sox. I think the Red Sox should pay him because the Red Sox can absorb money. They, they can. They, they like to pretend they can't, but they can. Uh, and I hope he goes somewhere else. But I can't in good conscience be like, all the numbers show a regression, but the Yankees should just go monster mode. Go grab him too. Uh, I, I think it's either the left fielders wait till next year, or we're talking pitching, which like not going to be DeGrom. And I don't want it to be probably not going to be Verlander, especially if he's looking at three years and $130 million, which is crazy, uh, which Jim Crane leaked and is part of the Aaron judge Mets Yankees grievance. It's in the same family. Uh, MLB also investigating the Astros owner. So congrats to the Astros owner, by the way, who fired his GM. And then within a week, made himself GM temporarily and already got into an MLB grievance. So good job. Uh, that's what owners do. That's what Jerry Jones type owners do, which is what Jim Crane is being called these days. Uh, so it's like Verlander, Rodon, or the high profile shortstops they don't want and don't really need or left field help. I feel like it's, I feel like it's saying we're going to get you a left fielder. It's going to be Benintendi or it's going to be an import and you're going to like it. And then if this isn't enough either, I'm not, you know, I'm finally feeling the pressure. I'm not done. Uh, Somebody brought up a really good point. Uh, And these Hal Steinbrenner comments, again, I'm not saying Aaron Judge is coming back. I don't know that. Uh, And I don't know what he wants. But I know Hal Steinbrenner wants to keep him Yankee. I know Steinbrenner is taking over this negotiation and has met with Judge multiple times, sometimes one-on-one since the season has ended. And I know he's struck to bring Anthony Rizzo back ASAP to sweeten the pot. And while Rizzo said, you know, I talked to Aaron and I want to see him get what he's worth and what he's due. And I'd love him back here at the right price because he's earned it. He didn't tip his hand. He didn't say, yeah, I talked to Aaron yesterday. And I think you guys are going to like what we had to say. Like that's not how baseball works. <laughs> Anthony Rizzo wants to see Aaron judge get paid, but I've never heard how Steinbrenner be so declarative. I'm also not going to fall hook, line and sinker for a billionaire after ripping him for not opening his wallet enough the past several years being like, you know what? He won me back. I love and trust Hal Steinbrenner in the same way that Red Sox fans are like Rob Manfred uh, handled the Astros thing completely poorly. But when he says there's a Yankees letter, that's good. Rob Manfred's believable. And like when he says the Red Sox didn't cheat beyond the Apple watch thing, like, yes, Rob Manfred rules when it comes to things I agree with and is wrong when it comes to teams. I hate, like, I'm not going to be like Hal Steinbrenner knows what's in the Yankees best interest. And he's immediately going to splurge for Aaron judge because he said, that he was going to help him. Like, I don't know, but put his money where his mouth is with Rizzo. Yeah. Got it done quickly. And 
Rizzo can say whatever he wants about, well, I want to come back here because I love being a Yankee. And, you know, this is a comfort move, et cetera. It is. It is a comfort move, but it's more of a comfort move if uh, your best friend on the team comes back long term, if they don't take a step back from their contention window. And if your fan, like Rizzo's family hangs out with Judge's family, like they're intrinsically connected. There's a reason people thought they could both go to the Giants. Now one of them is here. So it's not a guarantee, but it's interesting. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Yeah, once again, no one's being left off the hook until there's actual results. We like the aggression with Anthony Rizzo and how quickly that got done, especially the the day of or the day after that Astros rumors came out about how um, yep. he was being targeted as their number one free agency option at first base. Um, so that's a good sign. The comments are the comments. We can parse through them. We can make some uh, optimistic inferences if we wanted to, but – I don't give a fuck. Don't give a fuck until all the signings happen, until the team is where it should be, um, and until there is less postseason futility. Hey, if you blow past the, uh, you know, the the two hundred and eighty or two hundred ninety million dollar payroll mark, and you fall short in the playoffs, then I'll be inclined to blame the players at that point um, because management will have done its job by being, you know, uh, competing with Steve Cohen on that front in terms of uh, getting, putting the most money out there possible to create the best product. Um, But until that happens, we'll be sitting here waiting for the results that we need. Um, As for Rodon quickly, um, what, I want to know what his market is. I want to know why the Yankees might not be involved. Uh, You look at his stats, you look at Zach Wheeler's stats. They're kind of the same in terms of their production, their injury history and their ceiling. Um, that's why I'm looking at Rodon and I'm saying, why aren't the Yankees offering him a five-year $120 million deal right now? And they can restructure it in various ways so they can make the, uh, the CBT hit less this year, make the middle years fat, because that's obviously when you're probably going to get the best production from him in years two and three, and then lessen the hits on years four and five. Um, and then that covers the Yankees rotation after 2023, when you're going to lose, Luis Severino, uh, unless he's signed to an extension, which I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, and then you have various other situations. Oh, Frankie Montas is gone. 
And then at that point, what you're sliding Domingo Herman into the three spot. No. So why, like, why is there, that should be something that makes sense for everybody. And uh, it's not even long-term. I don't think Rodon gets more than five years for someone who's had the injury history that he has and the lack of, um, you know, mileage from, uh, from a starting pitching standpoint on the odometer. He's never pitched 200 innings in a season. Why is he going to be worth more than, you know, theoretically a $25 million AAV? I don't think that that's realistic, but the market is the market. Things will materialize as they will. Um, speaking of Steve Cohen, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, there is a grievance now with the Major League Baseball Players Association um, that is collusion the right word here? That there was uh, no collusion. There, there was a dis- the, the Yankees and the Mets talking apparently about jo- the report came from Andy Martino last month, maybe the shortly after the Yankees yeah. season. Ended. It was it was only like two weeks ago because it felt like forever. Yeah, right. And I think I think part of the problem is that we have been hearing this all year. Yeah. And then Martino distilled it into a report. But go ahead. Yeah, no, I mean you know more about this than I do. I only skimmed it, but um, there was. Uh, maybe a loose handshake agreement that the Yankees and Mets wouldn't get into a bidding war for Aaron judge because the New York teams didn't want to upset their own markets and affect obviously the way that their teams are constructed. One star player goes cross town to the other, especially in a free agent market right now, that's a little bit depressed in terms of talent based on what both of these teams need. Um, Then you're looking at a tough situation and apparently Steinbrenner and Cohen are, are boys is that are they boys like how could they be friends i don't know and steve um, cohen like a new entrant into this ownership field like why would hal steinbrenner have advocated him for him if he's only going to make him eventually spend more money maybe he's i mean i don't know yeah. you'd have to think they're going to compete for other free agents yeah they're not going to compete for each other's free agents okay fine like i guess count the eggs out for nimmo but eventually they're going to butt heads like the the big spending teams in the same city aren't going to like just divvy up a list of free agents they like and be like you take byron buxton we'll take correa yeah and in this case i mean maybe there will be an unspoken rule based on certain player i mean you're probably not allowed to do that but i don't know what leg the players (laughs) association yeah what is the leg does the players association have to stand on at this point because you look at the mets payroll situation um and i don't think that they would be able to stomach offering judge uh, you know a 350 million dollar contract based on all the other needs they have the grom's leaving nimmo's a free agent bassett's a free agent um does bringing judge into the fold really improve your situation unless you're willing to what blow past a 320 million dollar payroll threshold like what are we talking here so Mm -hmm. um Obviously, I think it's something worth looking into because there shouldn't be these backdoor dealings with owners, regardless of if you're in the same city or not. Um, but in terms of judges market, it's very limited. It was never going to be expansive, um, which I guess maybe is the issue here because the Mets were probably one of five teams that theoretically could have been in the bidding and took themselves out out of respect for whatever the Yankees were trying to do. If that's even true, that's alleged per the report. Um they're looking into it. We don't know what the, what the result is going to be, but draft pick compensation could be on the line here if there is any punishment levied down. And if there is, I'll be fucking pissed because that would essentially be the same punishment levied down to the Astros for ruining the entire integrity of the sport. Um, yeah, fuck that. It seems to be the Mets 
fault, but also I'm sure House. Look, I'm sure Hal Steinbrenner and Steve Cohen did get together at some point and talk about ground rules here. But I don't know if the conversation went beyond Hal Steinbrenner saying the same stuff he just said publicly, like, hey, I'm not getting outbid here. Like, you guys can do whatever you want. I'm not going to get outbid here. So um, maybe he and Steve Cohen share a friendlier relationship than he and the Giants ownership. I, I don't know. But he did go public this week saying, you know, I'm, I'm going to have the highest offer. So maybe it was friendly bravado. Who knows? But Andy Martino two weeks ago did publish a piece basically saying, hey, Mets are going to stay away. Don't expect them to be a part of it. Uh, you know, Steve Cohen has no interest in ruining his relationship with Hal Steinbrenner, et cetera. And then MLB was kind of like, isn't this the exact kind of collusion that we just got added to the CBA as punishable? And uh, Andy Martino, shout out to Andy Martino, who I guess didn't know that, thought he could publish whatever he wanted to, uh, published a CBA crime. So congrats, man. And then same thing with uh, whoever let Jim Crane talk in Houston. Like, the problem is that no one knows if these comments are actually going to suppress anyone's market. Yeah. And, and Rob Manfred did say today he doesn't think there's any wrongdoing between the Mets and the Yankees, but he is going to look into it because he has to. It, Judge is going to get a ton of money. So it's mm-hmm. going to be really, really difficult at the end of this to be like, he got eight years, 360. Now I got to find somewhere where he would have gotten eight years, 380, if not for this conversation and this Andy Martino piece. It's tough. It, it's probably going to result in very little, maybe fines for both sides. Who knows? But it'll yeah, be nothing. What Jim, maybe nothing. What Jim Crane did was very specifically outlawed in the new CBA. Yes. You're not allowed to talk about contract asks that publicly. Brian Cashman, even at his lowest moment, put forth his contract offer to Aaron judge. He did not say what Aaron judge was requesting. Then somebody anonymously lobbed that he was looking for 36 million annually. Jim Crane was like, Hey, Justin Verlander is looking for three years to 130. So if anybody wants that, congratulations, we ain't going to do it. And that's a pretty clear signal. Like, I don't know. Maybe he was earnestly just trying to say goodbye to Verlander and say like, Hey, best of luck, a great champion, but we can't do that. Or maybe he was trying to scare people away by saying, yeah. talk to Justin. This is what he said. Ain't that insane? Y'all shouldn't do it. Oh, we're not going to. Y'all shouldn't do it either. And then he you know, has familiarity with Houston. And then he comes back to Houston and says, wow, after you said that, nobody wanted to pay me. That's weird. Uh, we lost one viewer during that Jim Crane impression. Sorry, guys. <laughs> you guys hate that. Uh, probably never going to do it again. But yeah, I don't think that uh you know the the houston thing seems more traceable back to ownership than this handshake agreement in new york uh but it is interesting this is the first off season i remember where this is getting police people are like hey stop doing things we told you not to do four months ago stop doing them immediately and it'll be nothing compared to what the collusion took place at what was it like the after the 2018 season when machado and fucking harper didn't mm-hmm. sign until like right before spring training. Two of the objectively best players in the sport had no market. They didn't sign during the not them not signing during the winter meetings was crazy. You're how long we were sitting there waiting for a deal to happen and nothing's happening. And you're just like, yeah. what, what am I missing here? And then once um, we got past there, there was no other, like it months, felt like no momentum. Yeah, yeah. It was months again, it was months after that. So it was like, what? It'll be nothing compared to that. And obviously MLB does have kind of an ugly uh, history with collusion. You go back to the 80s. There was clear uh, 
there was evidence of owners suppressing the free agency market, you know, not too long after free agency was actually, actually became a thing. It was like, what, 10 to 15 years after it did. So um, this is this, if judge is getting 300 plus million, we're not talking about any sort of suppression, but judge is about to get an extra 500 K tonight. Don't you say? I Uh, think so. I still think so. The AL MVP will be announced tonight on MLB network. We had the Cy Youngs last night. Objectively, I thought it was crazy. Justin Verlander was unanimous. I understand that he had a really good season, but um, based on the voting in the NL where you had Julio Urias who led the league in the ERA in ERA plus and had more starts than the second place winner, uh, the, the leader in FIP, I think was Otani in the AL. Um, if I'm not either way, Otani had like two better counting stats than Verlander and didn't get a single first place vote, which I guess bodes well for judges MVP candidacy, because if they're going just based on the surface level statistics, I think judge has it. Um, but yeah, judge before the season had the whole arbitrary, uh, not arbitrary arbitration. Uh, gr- it was also arbitrary. It was a little arbitrary. Didn't pay him. Um, the arbitration grievance where, um, they met in the middle. He wanted 21 million. The Yankees offered 17. They got the 19, but he wanted some escalators. One was a $500,000 bonus if he won World Series MVP or won the World Series. Um, the other one was a $500,000 bonus if he wins American League MVP. Um, and uh, he's the odds on betting favorite in Vegas, which is usually a good sign the day of uh, the award ceremony. Um, I think he takes it home. I think he deserves it. Um, I don't think it's any, I don't think it's any uh, slight at Shohei Otani for what he accomplished this year. You look at Otani's stats again, and you realize they're absolutely incredible. Um, which is why I think he wasn't even a Cy Young finalist. Which again, crazy, pretty crazy. Alec Manoa got the nod over him. I, I don't know. Um, Dylan but, Cease got the nod and wasn't an All Star. Like it was yeah. really that's why Verlander was unanimous because they like I don't know how Shane McClanahan like was the odds-on favorite for half the year and then yeah. fell off and got hurt. And you were left with like, well, Verlander was incredible. And a bunch of guys were really good. And then it was yeah. like, all right, let's give the Hall of Famer another side. Yeah. yeah. Otani had a better, that was what happened. Otani had a better FIP than Verlander, I believe. He had better strikeouts. He had, we had way more. He had 219 strikeouts and 166 innings, which is incredible. Same amount of starts as Verlander. They both started 28 games. Uh, Verlander was out for like that four or five weeks with the calf issue. Um yeah, so it was weird to see Otani, who is a, a, the darling of the voters, not get a single first place vote. Um, Alcantara swept; he got the unanimous. But I'm one. I, I am curious to see what the uh, the voter uh, breakdown is going to be for tonight, um, because I think there are a lot of people, or a lot of voters out there, who are uh, adamant about Shohei Otani being the best player in baseball, which he objectively is. Um, but when you're talking about narrative, when you're talking about um, historical achievements, which Judge kind of accomplished this year, um, the, the all of that kind of falls in his favor. And then you look at the even you talk about the the numbers that have propelled players for the last you know 10, 15 years in this voting process. War, um, the the major offensive categories in which you lead, that has been definitive in where voters have made these decisions. Judge has all of them. Should win. More war by a lot. More. Yeah. Over a guy who pitched and hit like yeah. it's going to be really, really, really hard to take the MVP from Otani 
every single year. When he participates in baseball, he starts the year with a baked-in advantage. That's not really a bad thing. Maybe he should be the MVP almost every year, except for this one, where Aaron Judge hit 62 home runs and led all of baseball in every offensive category during a down year for offense. Yeah, that too. And uh, I mean, like if you're comparing their offensive seasons, judge obviously blew Otani way. You add in the pitching side of things and it's, it's debatable. You can't say it's not debatable because everyone who is just rebutting you by saying he finished fourth in the Cy Young race and hit those people are right. He did do that. But in terms of ward judges ahead of Otani, I believe value to a team also involves the team contending. Some don't. I have to. I just can't always give this award to the greatest player in the league when they're on one of the most uninteresting teams in the sport. I also don't want to reward the Angels, who we just did this with Mike Trout, are now doing this again with Shohei Otani. They have the two, two of the five best players in baseball at this point, and we're 73 and 89. Yes, without Otani, that team collapses even further, I am well aware. But yeah. with Otani, they were dreadful. And the New York Yankees won 99 games in the AL East thanks to Aaron Judge's historic offensive performance in a depressed offensive environment. And I do think it's important to note that if he hadn't already won the MVP by August, which I think he had, maybe some people don't, after the All-Star break, the Yankees had a 15-game lead in the AL East at some point. We're just soaring along. After the All-Star break, Judge hit 349 with a 502 on pace and 785 slugging. His teammates combined hit 223, 292 on base, 360 slugging. That is dreadful. The Yankees blew about 10 games off that lead. Would have blown the entire thing for sure. If Judge, if Judge wasn't available, they end the year near 500. If Judge isn't hitting at that unbelievable Barry Bonds-ish level with a 500 OBP, sustained for the entire second half they don't win the east his offensive performance is directly responsible for them holding on and eventually getting the alcs which is a very successful season for almost any other franchise uh and would be a dream for the modern angels who cannot seem to put this together Shohei Otani was spectacular if you want to tell me he was the mvp i don't think you're right but i understand what you're doing and if you want to tell me he's got the baked on advantage to win mvp next year you're absolutely correct and he's going to have that every year of his career for good reason. It's not a bad thing. It takes a megalith to beat him in the MVP chase this year. He is not the MVP. Aaron judges. Aaron judges. And I think that's all we need to speak on it. 500 K coming Aaron judges way. I love it. Um, Tuesday night was the rule five protection. It's getting to this. What if Aaron quick. judge, what if he gets that 500 K and then Hal Steinbrenner is like, I thought I had more flexibility. I don't. <laughs> Oh, I forgot. I about forgot this. about the 500 K. I lied to you guys. I can't do anything else. I can maybe do judge, but that's it. Or he refuses to pay it. And judge is like, all right, great. I'm leaving now. <laughs> cool. I'm out. Yeah. All right. We'll find the heen dog. <laughs> uh, rule five Tuesday night was the deadline. I believe to protect any players that would be poaching the rule five draft. The Yankees only yep. protected one player, Randy Vasquez pitcher, uh, number 14 prospect. Um, they took risks on some guys. I don't remember exactly who. Um, I forgot to pull this up because I'm a moron. Um, <laughs> so they uh, yeah. the the deal is they they only protected one guy before the Tuesday evening deadline. They did protect a couple who weren't really up for grabs, or, or they prevented them 
from signing minor league contracts elsewhere a couple of weeks prior or days prior. It might have been while I was on my honeymoon. But they added Johnny Brito, a pitcher, Max yeah. Brook, a lefty pitcher, and then Jimmy Cordero, who's the reliever they signed from the White Sox last offseason who never made it to the bigs. People thought he might help in the second half. He didn't. It is what it is. They add those three names to the 40-man, but they've got a lot of 40-man spots left because they're saying goodbye to Aroldis Chabin, Zach Britton, a bunch of guys who are going to open next season on the 60-day IL, et cetera. Um, Chad Green. There's a ton of free agents departing, and they still had three or four more spaces to work with. They let Steven Ridings. They tried to get him through waivers. He went to the Mets. That's another guy they lose. He had a serious arm injury, I think, if it works out for him, a near 30-year-old reliever battling yeah. a serious elbow injury. Good for him, but I think the Yankees were going to have to make the decision to let him go at some point, sadly. Um, and they had more spots to work with, and they only add Randy Vasquez. Uh, they leave exposed uh, young, young catcher Antonio Gomez, who had a bit of a tough year, then found his footing, but it was baseball uh, MLB Pipeline's Number 16 overall Yankees prospect. We had him on the show last year. Great kid. Had kind of, kind of a rough year. Very rough start. Bounced back. Great pop time. Great arm. Uh, the power is there, but not all the time. Super young. If he gets picked up by somebody in the Rule 5, That'd be wild. Uh, that will be a weird for his development. I hope that doesn't happen. I don't think it will. That wasn't that crazy a risk. Also, Josh Bro, slugging catcher, who... Is he going to be a backup catcher of the future for the Yankees? In my humble opinion, no, especially with Trevino, who we love. Ben Rortvet, Austin Wells is maybe going to be the starter there. Maybe he starts somewhere else. There's a lot of catchers in the mix. I think the Yankees are willing to take the risk with Bro. The one that shocked me was Andres Chaparro, who is a slugging third baseman. He's a double A, but he's 23 years old. The exit velocity is off the charts. He had the best exit velocity of anybody who was eligible to be protected for the Rule 5 uh, this time around. And he definitely fit in that nebulous middle area, not a top prospect, uh, but also not way too young that no team would ever poach him. A 23-year-old with those kind of numbers, I- I'm pretty confident the Oakland A's could could justify carrying him on the opening day roster. I'm pretty confident yeah. there are teams out there that could say, we'll bring you right from double A to the bigs, see if you survive the whole year. Which makes me think the Yankees are probably going to include him in a trade before the Rule 5 starts, which... I wanted to see him get a shot, but there are a lot of infielders, not a lot of spots to go around. If you have to protect him and you, and, and you, you can't, uh, you might as well maximize him and use him in a deal rather than watch him walk for nothing. But I don't think his future is here, and, and that sucks. But a lot, of, a lot of players to deal with here and handle. Yeah, and you look at the rest of the roster, too. It's a little bit confusing why they may, they may not have taken a risk on him because you have Albert Abreu. On the 40-man, is he here next year? Davey Garcia? Luis Heal? Davey Garcia is the one I was waiting for. DFA of Davey Garcia made all the sense in the world, and I don't really know. I understand what they see in him, but it's been years. It's like Cody Bellinger. Uh, It's like if Cody Bellinger was never an MVP but had three good starts. (laughs) You have Luis Heal, who I like, but he's out for the he's out for the entire year. He needs Tommy John. He's probably not coming in. I think best case scenario, he comes back in August and September. What team is going to use a forty man roster spot on him? Because um, he could be optioned. Like I don't, I, I forget how this shit works sometimes. And then if you include, if you take somebody and protect them, they have to be on the roster for a certain amount of time. So I don't know if the Yankees wanted to take that risk with Chaparro, but um, I don't know. 
I really don't know. Either way, you know, the Yankees get poached in the Rule 5 every fucking year. Um, they, they get prospects taken from them left and right. It is what it is. They can't hold on to everybody. Um, if you look at their uh, top 30 prospects, um, you have a couple of guys who you might probably prioritize there um, over them. Um, actually, you don't because it just depends what they want to do with all these friggin' infielders. We, there's a million yeah. shortstops. Like, does Peraza play third at some point? Like, what is Trey Sweeney? We talked about him switching positions at some point. Um, so, yeah, I just – it's weird. It's weird that they didn't protect Chaparro, but maybe they just don't care. Um, it's, and Antonio it's, tough. it's tough. He's somebody I'd rather see. Like, you know there are going to be injuries, but you also know that – Peraza, Cabrera, Volpe, DJ, Donaldson, Rizzo now back. Uh, Kyler Falefa still on the team. We'll talk about him in a second. But a lot of guys, a lot of guys for these spaces. And they still keep signing AAA fodder like Tyler Wade, who, you know, didn't really, didn't play last year. He was up with the taxi squad for like two seconds. There was a day when everybody saw Tyler Wade at Fenway and they are like, what the hell? Oh, never mind. Okay, I guess he's just sitting there. Uh, but they, they've shown willingness to keep taking a flyer on these minor league free agents. I don't know. But at, uh, at the same time, Andre Shaparo seems like the kind of guy who smart teams play. Like I'd, I'd rather see him take ABs than Josh Donaldson next year. I don't know. And he's a rookie. So there's like no expectation that he'll start. Yeah. Kind of guy who could like be on the roster, get 200 at bats, hit 12 homers wow everyone with his exit velocity get a a small feature in yankees magazine and then maybe hit a home run in the ds i don't know people liked oswaldo cabrera when he came up and did that last year yeah i don't know and i don't understand the i you mentioned the pitching stuff i don't know if i understand that brito and jimmy cordero are they going to be actual members of this team next year? Is that the goal? Um, yeah. Are those are those guys that you really want to see? At yeah, any point? I mean, eighty three. I don't think Cordero's pitched since twenty twenty, so I don't know what the value is there. Um, I love Matt Crook. And yeah, that, no, that's Matt a good Crook one. wagon. Yeah. But Crook also, down. look at the walks on Crook. Like, yeah, I I like protecting him for sure. Yeah. Uh, the last year, four oh nine ERA. 155 Ks, 138 and two-thirds innings, uh, 73 walks, 1.39 whip. That's flat bad. So, like, there's something in the arm, but I don't know how much Matt Crook I want to see next year. Yeah. Brito, I guess I understand. I didn't know he was that young. He's 24, uh, 2.96 ERA in 26 games, 23 starts in the minors last year, 1.15 whip. I like that. Um 91 strikeouts in 112 and two thirds innings. Totally fine. So maybe, maybe they feel like that's a hybrid arm they have as a spot starter and a, or a long reliever at some point. I don't know, but, but you like okay. that more than you like, you like that more than you like Edgar Barclay, who is 24 also. And to be fair, was dominating high a Hudson Valley, but 24 year old reliever unprotected. That's the kind of player that teams pick in the rule five. Yeah, seven and four, 1.74 ERA last year, 67 and a third innings, 86 strikeouts, 0.91 whip, mm. more Ks than Brito, sim- same age. Uh, you know, what's the future? I- I'm not sure. You know, he's, yeah. I don't 
think Edgar Barclay is going to be in the Yankees rotation, but more bullpen arms, the merrier. They're going to have lots of space to fill. They picked it. They like, they must like Brito more than Barclay because those are basically this, the, the same idea. And they protected one and let the other flap around in the breeze. Yeah. Brito's knocking on the door, 18 games at triple a last year. And there was success there. Um, that's uh, that 3.31 ERA, 1.18 whip. Um, so that's, that's, I guess someone they, they, you know what they love. They love the guys that they could just keep bouncing around from the 40 man to triple a and use them when they need some pitching help. And that's closer to what they can actually accomplish um, uh, with, with Brito. So maybe that's the thinking. I'm not necessarily opposed to it. On the other hand, I would like some more clarity with this bullpen because those three guys are not doing it for me for solutions throughout the season. You have F Ross who's done for the year. You have Albert Abreu who I really don't ever want to see again. Um, you have Davey Garcia who's bad. You have uh, Luis Heel who's not going to be playing most of next year. Um, you have Lucas Litke who's been previously mentioned as a trade candidate or somebody who they don't even want anymore. Um, so you're looking at a bullpen of Greg Weissert, Lou Trevino, Clark Schmidt, Wandy Peralta, Ron Marinaccio, Jonathan Luizaga, Michael King, Clay Holmes. Is Domingo Herman may or may not be there depending on if they address the starting rotation. So like a couple of wild cards in there that I don't know are, if are good enough, you know, we've talked at length about Clark Schmidt. Um, we have no idea what's going on with Clay Holmes. Um, I, Greg Weiser, jury still out on him. Love the stuff, but we need the consistency. So, uh, yeah, I would like more clarity there. I would like some more bullpen arms, and I think that that's what eventually maybe some room will be created for tomorrow to, to make that happen. Um, the free agent market for relievers is eh. Trade market, as you know, Cashman is usually a guy who goes out there, finds that diamond in the rough, you know, uh, addition at the margins that you're least expecting to succeed. This is where – Joe Mantiply. Joe Mantiply, you are a Yankee. Yes, forgot about him. He was a trade deadline uh, rumored person, right? He was an all-star last year. So I guess, you know, not quite the diamond in the rough, but somebody who's going to be joining the bullpen via trade. But the Yankees have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 players eligible for arbitration um, this offseason. Three of them are entering their final years. That would be Wandy Peralta, Frankie Montas, and Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. Um, an overwhelming majority are year two. And then you got four in year one. Um, they will not be tendering a contract to all these people. No. They simply will not. Or then again, they might. Because last year, they mostly did. And then they traded Gary Sanchez. And they thought they were getting good value. And they absolutely did not. Um, but... In the event we're living in surprise land, because sometimes we like to be pleasantly surprised and we're usually not, um, or we are, and it's just a way that we really don't want to be. Um, we think some guys that you are not thinking of might just get the ax. Um, I had Isaiah Connor falefa as one of them. Um, I had Lucas Lickie as one of them, and I had Kyle Higashioka as one of them. Um, IKF, I think, is a long shot. Um, because that would mean the Yankees are officially waving the white flag on that trade with the twins. Um, but then again, he's due to make six and a half million, seven million this year. Um, and the Yankees already have a utility player in DJ LeMahieu. So what are you going to do? You're going to spend $22 million on two utility players for the 2023 season. That's pretty dumb. 
Um, as for Litke and Higashioka, what do you think about those? I think that's – they're not expensive. They're both due – let's clarify this. They're both due for $1.7 million, somewhere in between $1.7 and $2 million, uh, for the 2023 season. So it's not a lot of money. But you put all these three guys together, that's $10 million bucks. You maybe trade Glaber Torres, that's $20 million bucks. Then you're talking about maybe two-thirds of Aaron Judge's annual salary for next year. Lucas Lickie is the clearest. He's both the clearest example of someone who's probably going to get non-tendered and someone who I can't see the Yankees just losing for nothing, considering there were bullpen squeezes and roster squeezes like a hundred times last year, including the offseason when Lucas Lickie was rumored to get traded, the trade deadline when Lucas Lickie was rumored to get traded, and it turned out, oh, actually, they're going to trade Jordan Montgomery, which nobody saw coming. But before that happened, it was like, well, obviously, they'll get rid of a Litke type, maybe to the Cardinals. It was like, nah, we're going to do a Montgomery type and to the Cardinals. Uh, But if they didn't, you know, pull the trigger then, are they really just going to say, after all of that, we're just not going to tender you a contract at this point? Maybe, because he's due for a raise. Everybody is. And and maybe this monetary amount is the breaking point. Higashioka, I also see remaining on the team just because he's – got that continuity factor more so than anybody else, but they could always just not do that. Use Ben Rortvet as your backup, sign Mike Zanino, sign or Narvaez. They're like yeah. backup catcher. Yeah. There, there are a lot of defense minded backup catchers who also have slightly better bats and Kyle Higashioka who are available. Where do you land on Kiner Falefa? Cause I think a, a couple of months ago, a lot of us, including myself were like, shouldn't be your starting shortstop he's not a shortstop but bringing him back as a utility guy like i don't want to lose him i enjoy him as a utility guy the the glove isn't necessarily elite but if it's not being sold as elite it's not dreadful and the contact is real and the risk stuff is real and the bases loaded numbers are real but then the playoffs happened and the glove took another several steps back he had a little bit of a breakdown clearly skittish nervous to be on the field like Gleyber Torres when you made him play shortstop. And I, the fewer players I can carry like that, the better. I don't want players on the roster who I'm like, oh, well, you can't put him there. No, you can't. He's scared. You can't put him yeah. in short. He's very, very nervous. And everybody hates him. Like, I don't want to make caveats. I want gamers. I want, you know, I want consummate winners. But I certainly want to avoid, like, players who are anxious, putting them in positions that minimize their ability to contribute to the roster. And if he's a utility player who can't play shortstop and costs like six and a half million dollars, then I I actually would not keep him. I would signal to fans that we're going to make a change here. The kids are going to play and last year's stopgap option is no longer stopping the gap. Yeah, man. I don't know where I land here because once again, I mean, I do know where I land. Like you just got it. You got a non-tender and it's not, and it's only because this is the Yankees' fault. They brought in a utility player to be a full-time shortstop. It was the wrong move. Um, they expressed confidence in him all year until the only time when you actually need to maintain confidence in somebody, which is the postseason. So they fucked with him, um, and they they played a role in 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 uh, his defensive downfall, um, and also he probably his confidence at the plate. Um, and this is six and a half million dollars is no joke. That's a decent amount of money for a player who I think is correct. It's he's correctly valued. If he could play all the positions that he plays, 
at an above average level, provide a contact bat, hit 260, 270. That is valuable for any team, any team out there. Any team out there can use that as the first guy off the bench. The Yankees could specifically do that, but they have DJ LeMahieu. They have the two young, they have two, three young prospects who figure to make at least two are making the opening day roster in Peraza and Cabrera. Volpe could be in the mix. I don't know how realistic that is, but if all three of them make it, there's absolutely no room for Kiner Falefa. And then at that point, what are you doing with DJ LeMahieu? Um, hey, if you trade Josh Donaldson or you release Josh Donaldson, I don't two things I don't think are gonna happen, then you keep Connor Falefa. Because then you have some you you have a roving uh you have a revolving door at third base with IKF and DJ. Um, maybe you put Peraza there. Once again, I don't know what the plan is with all these guys. It seems like they're kind of just using them however they may please when the time comes. Um, but if you're talking about a adding more impact players, you have to create more roster spots. So this would be one that's kind of a layup. Um, and B making sure that you have enough money for judge and for a Benintendi or for a, a road on, if that's actually the dream, then you can't just be pissing away six and a half million dollars on an asset that you depreciated yourself. Um, you got to take the L on this trade. It was a bad trade. Um, at the time it looked okay. It was a little bit puzzling. Cause then at that point it's like, why not just non-tender Gary, save yourself $9 million, keep Geo at third base, um, and then find a different shortstop. Seemed like a pretty easy situation to not twist yourself into a pretzel. The Yankees ended up twisting some, themselves into a pretzel that's now going to last two years. Um, so this is nothing against IKF. It's just the manner in which the Yankees allowed the situation to transpire and giving, if he's making $4 million or somewhere in between 3 and $4 million, I think it's a different story. Um being that what you've done to him and the salary here and the lack of room on the roster with or without Glaber Torres, um, it, it's he's just got to go. And you can't play the you can't do the dance on the trade market because everybody saw what happened. Um, there's going to be less value because he has esca- an escalated salary at this point. Um, and every other team is going to be like, well, we saw he performed when you kind of screwed with him. So, like, what if that sticks with him now? We don't, you know, we haven't seen him perform in a true utility role since like 2020 because I think he played shortstop full-time for the Rangers. So I don't know. I It depends. And maybe you're looking for a top 30 prospect and you can get that for him and that's great, but the Yankees don't usually aim that low. They're usually trying to go for the jugular um, on the trade market with these players and they're not going to get what they want. Yeah, I'm surprised we're recording this for Glaber Torres trade. Actually, I keep refreshing in the other column, being like, is I, like today's the not like tomorrow's non tender deadline. There's all sorts of moving parts. Like Glaber keeps getting popped into every like it's the Brewers, it's the Mariners, it's the why isn't it anybody yet? Why is he still on the Yankees roster? Um, and they have to make a lot of other decisions by tomorrow. Um, and that one feels like, you know, Glaber and Chaparro to Miami, plus another top prospect for Pablo Lopez. Uh, we're going to revisit that. Has the Marlins ass changed there at all? I was fully on board with keeping Kiner Falefa. I wanted to make Kiner Falefa the starting third baseman in the middle of August. But yeah. again, life changes. I saw the playoffs. I don't think it's tenable. I saw Aaron Hicks at the end of September dropping a ball in fair territory, standing in left field and getting booed. I don't think it's tenable anymore. I saw Donaldson in the entire second half. I think he's hurt, but either way, you know, I, I'm, I'm weirdly 
a little more confident in his bounce back than I think most people are just because all the underlying metrics you did want to see were there a year ago and they disappeared this year. So yeah. what went wrong? Like age regression doesn't usually hit that hard. And Donaldson has been hurt many years in the recent past. So I wouldn't be shocked if he was nursing a shoulder thing all year. He was honestly great in the early going and then never got it together offensively and defensively was fine. Now, why the instincts were so terrible, why, uh, you know, why his, uh, you know, staring at balls down the middle of the plate was his second half habit and hobby. I have no idea. Um, I would, I would obviously get rid of all three of these players. This is not to say like Donaldson. Yes. Hicks. No, but I, I weirdly think there's, there could be a future for Donaldson in New York. I'd rather not have to think about it or see it. Uh, but Hicks, not a chance. And, uh, Brian Cashman is complimenting all of these people. I don't think that means he's ruling out trading them. Yeah. Uh, I think the, I think the trade is the best, is the best way to do it because then at that point, other teams can, um, fit that projected salary into their payroll without having to um, go the unknown route on the free agency market where the market determines that price rather than the arbitration process. You have, you have a window, you have a, you know, kind of just, you have a window of the low and the high for the salary. So it's easier. Um, and then plus it helps the Yankees maybe get value um, if they could trade. There's also the option where they tender the contracts and they trade people after. Um, but this offseason is different because you have the judge situation, you have the vacancy in left field, you have a middle infield issue, um, whether that's going to be solved in free agency or not. Um, you have the bullpen issue. You have the need for another starter. I don't think it's going to be a high-end person. We were talking about Quintana maybe. Um, but there's money that needs to be spent. And if the Yankees are serious, once again, if they are serious about making the space for that money, if they're serious about making the roster space, they have to make some cutthroat decisions um, and they got to just take L's where the L's are evident. And I think some of them are here. Um, I think you could get better at catcher behind the plate than Higashioka. Um, maybe a one-year $3 million deal for Zanino, who's going to poke some bombs for you. You know that's going to happen. Um, so there's ways to upgrade, and there's ways to upgrade marginally at not a high cost. But tomorrow, what is the deadline, five or six tomorrow? Um, we'll know then. And then we'll have a clearer picture over the weekend. And then maybe some other free agency uh, tidbits drop then. And then we got some more info for you next week's podcast. Who knows? Who knows? That is it for this episode, though. And I hope that the Aaron Judge MVP thing goes the right way tonight. So we get to celebrate on the next episode. We're not going live for the full two-hour special. If that's something you want to watch, head over at MLB Network. God bless you. I really thought we were going to get some trades today. And we're probably yeah. going to get some as soon as we sign off. I thought we were going to get Glaber. Uh, Quintana is a domino that feels like he's poised to fall pretty soon. But I guess not soon enough. <laughs> Thanks so much. Um, we're going to know more on Monday. We will. We'll know who gets non-tendered. We will know uh, how the Yankees cleared out some more of this roster space. But there was roster space clear for them to protect more prospects, and they didn't do it. So that either means signings coming or disappointment coming. Either way, we'll see you on Monday, Thanksgiving week. Pretty exciting. Until then, you can listen to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all the podcast platforms that you love. Uh, I don't remember what the other ones are called. Overboard, Twitter Spaces, I don't know. I have no clue. But wherever you get your podcasts, that's where this will be. Also live on YouTube, 2 o'clock Eastern, Mondays and Thursdays. Uh, and you'll be able to, of course, listen to this episode again 
on all those podcast platforms as soon as it's over. Until the Monday show, you can find me on Twitter at Adam Wider. Thomas Carinante, where can the people find you? I'm at Tommy's underscore takes. We are also at the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account at Yanks Go Yard FS. We are also on YanksGoYard.com. Plenty of content there for you. We're going to have all the news as it comes in. Judge's MVP announcement, hopefully. The non-tender news tomorrow. Free agency moves after that. Some speculation in between. We're having a good time. Head on over there. Keep the discussion going. Comments. Tweet at us. Everything. We'll see you next week, everyone. Oh, yes, we will. See you on Monday. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.